Hello, my name's Ken. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, my drinking started back in, really drinking was back, back when, when I was 14 years old. I, uh, I was an awkward, I was very insecure, I was uh, kind of shy. And it was uh, summer before my freshman year. I uh, was riding around with the people that were graduating in the back of a truck. I was sitting in a, re in a recliner in the back of a truck. And I remember it was a uh, cherry flavored vodka. I was drinking uh, nothing to mix it with, just straight up cherry flavored vodka. I ended up falling out of the truck, what I was told. And when I arrived home that night, my mother had this brand new white Cub Cadet lawnmower. And she parked that thing right in the middle of the sidewalk. I stumbled my way up to the house, hit that darn lawnmower, and threw up cherry vodka all over her brand new white lawnmower. So I decided I'd quit drinking, at least until I was done being grounded. <laughs> and I started every weekend. It was a weekend deal. You know, it was, I just thought I was just like everyone else. You know, I drank, I felt better. I drank to be funny. I drank to be accepted. And my, you know, it, things just compounded then, you know, it was pretty soon I met Jack Daniels and Jim Beam and stuff and they were all so warm, they kept me all so warm and made me feel so good. They'd wrap their arms around me and, and I was in heaven, I felt like I belonged. And then, uh, then I, I, I grew up on a large farm, so my work day, a lot of the times on the weekend, was until midnight. So I'd, on the weekends, I'd get to town at midnight. I'd had to learn how to drink really fast to catch up with everyone else. So when you're drinking that fast, you go beyond where you should be going. There's no breaks. And it, it just seemed, you know, it just seemed like it was part of life. It's what everyone else was doing. Except pretty soon I was had bottles in my locker in school. You know, I went out for the one act play just so I could get off the farm, go to town, and drink. I uh, didn't think I had a problem though. It was, it was young and that. When I was 16 years old I was at a party. I proceeded to get really drunk. And when I was driving home that night I hit a lady head on. I walked away, she's still in a wheelchair to this day. I, my father was a respectable, a small town Nebraska, powerful, self-made man. I didn't even get probation out of that deal. It changed me in, an, in a way that the, 
there was guilt. There was such immense guilt, and I could never, I never had to pay a consequence. It was something, you know, this lady's not going to walk again. And here I am going on with my life. So that it made me a very bitter person then. I turned into an arrogant, conceited, selfish, I mean, more so than I even was. That there's, you know, if there's not going to be no consequences, I can do what I want. I can get away with what I want. And really, what I was. I, I wanted to pay something deep down inside. I, I felt just so miserable. But the alcohol clouded all that over, put a curtain overside, over the top of it. And I could just, I, I had that mentality of that entitlement mentality, you know, just total selfishness. So my drinking really, really amped up then. The last two years of high school, I was drunk three, four nights a week, minimum. Still working and everything. I, uh, I had my own business even when I was 18, right out of high school, going into college, you know, I was farming and that. Going into college. Got into college, and that's when a banker of mine introduced me to things that enhance alcohol. Things that, uh, of the powdered nature and that. And then think, my life really spiraled. I thought it was really great, but it was really spiraling out of control then. There was a, I dropped out of college, got into a argument with my ethics professor um, over the way things I was running my business and stuff and that and, and uh, you know he didn't think you, uh, you pay people with envelopes of money and that that's not the way you're supposed to do things uh, so after I dropped out of college I uh, like I said, my drinking continued and continued. There's many a many a weeks, weekends that I don't remember nothing. Yet I was still didn't have a problem. I uh, I could I couldn't remember what I did a lot a lot of weekends and even some nights during the week. But I always thought that I maintained, had things under control. I finally got married and then I quit drinking. I quit drinking for nine years. Not because I thought I, you know, needed to or something. It's just I thought that, you know, it's time to grow up, time to quit. I jumped into other, other deals. I became a real big workaholic. I, uh, Ended up ignoring, I had a daughter, ended up ignoring my family. Worked 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I, I was what a definition of what a dry drunk could be. I, I was a miserable excuse of a person. You know, I was carrying around all this guilt and that yet. I was, 
I got to be successful. I got to, and then after about nine years of marriage, I decided I did not want to be married no more. So then I thought, I'm really smart. So I, uh, I started drinking, going through a divorce. My divorce took three and a half years to get done. And by the time that was over, I was back drinking every night, basically. I was back to doing all sorts of extracurricular activities in. Uh, screwed up everything my attorney told me to do going through a divorce, part of it, oh, quite a bit of it. Ended up costing me a lot of money. I uh, made some bad business decisions, started making bad business decisions that I realized now. I, I own a lot of real estate, so I put some in my brother's name. I thought, oh, this is a smart thing to do, go through a divorce. You know, trust my brother with everything. I put a couple farms in my brother's name before I started down this process. And uh, from then, it, needless to say, when he found, it out, found out about all my problems and that, he kept, he did not return my, uh, <laughs> my real estate. But I think I'm running short of time here. I'm going to kind of wrap this up. Uh, um, so two and a half years ago, I came to California. Not because I had a problem, but because I needed a break. I just needed a break. I sat down in a room with a bunch of people half my age and listened to all their problems. And I was like, I still don't have a problem. I could not admit I had a problem. I stayed in there for 40 days and finally this lady made me sit down and share. In case you can't tell, I don't, I'm not very good at talking about myself. But made me share about myself. Before I was done with that, talked five minutes, I was crying, admitted all sorts of, you know, all the problems I do have. And then about four months into my sobriety, I uh, was told that I needed a sponsor. And so I went to a meeting with a group of guys and they said, you need to go ask him to be your sponsor. So I walked up and I said, hey, these guys say, you need to be my sponsor. <laughs> Iris Mike, I'm blessed, I got a great sponsor. But he took me through the steps and uh, I uh, appreciate it. I, you know, I've learned humility, I've learned not to be selfish. I've learned not to live things of my own will now. It's very, very hard to do. And I've learned to accept the mistakes I've made. You know, forgiving myself was a big, big part. I don't forget, but I try to forgive is what I'm trying to do. And I think my time's about up, so I'll wrap it up here. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you.